If you can create health, wealth, or relationships for, for someone, if you can help improve that or just create a new source of whether it's income or create a way to help with relationships or like revitalize someone's health, just take that and sell it to someone who would invest in making it larger. Welcome back to Positive AF Podcast. My name is Desde Costa and I'm your host. Today I have a special guest. His name is Alex Martino. He is the founder of Scaling Group LLC that focuses on building wealth utilizing e-commerce platforms. Alex is a self-made entrepreneur and he talks about some of the most expensive mistakes he has made and moments that he calls the best feeling in the world. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Positive AF Podcast. I'm your host, Desde Costa. Today, I have an amazing guest. He is Alexander Martino. He's done an amazing amount of work in the e-commerce space. He's helped over a thousand investors add e-commerce to their investment portfolio through fully managed opportunities with Amazon, Walmart, and Shopify alike. He has spent over $1.4 million of his own money, making every mistake possible on these platforms and refining his methods in order to bring the highest level of expertise to you. We're talking about a background with companies like Nike, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, Amazon. Let me not get too ahead of myself. This is Alexander. Alex Martino, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great uh, starting notes. Yeah. (laughs) I think I covered everything, but I'm sure I also missed some stuff. Um, Yeah, welcome to the show. I would love to learn more about who you are. Let's just hear a brief intro of yourself. Sure, yeah. Actually, I was just talking to my team about this recently. Um, Last, like, I've really been in the e-commerce space for about four, eh, five years now. Um, Because I got into this in 2017, was in college, uh, realized that wasn't the path for me. But I couldn't just leave educ couldn't leave university just uh, just like flat out right. Um, so as I was going through traditional education, I also started to get into a lot of self development courses. Um, that was stuff like marketing, advertising, copywriting, funnel building, things of that sort. Um, and then over the years, that kind of progressed to where we are today. Um, this wasn't really done on purpose. It just kind of where everything flew. Uh, I went into lead generation worked for a couple corporations um, while I was in my time in university. And then after dropping out, went out on my own, started a digital marketing agency that branched into e-commerce, had a client that scaled like to multiple eight figures a year in under 12 months. Um, And they were doing done for you e-commerce. And that's really where I got onto the fact that if you can build an e-commerce store for someone or make generate passive income or or hands-off income for someone else you can charge an arm and a leg and investors will pay for it and they're happy to as long as you deliver results and so that's kind of where we've gotten to today 1500 clients uh two years in the making and i've managed like seven of our competitors as well that's insane um that's one of those stories where you rarely hear of that immense amount of growth happening in such little time and the amount of impact that you made for those not only large companies, but now, you know, small to medium sized businesses that have grown much larger. So let's dive into e commerce a little bit. Um, There are different strategies to e commerce. 
Can you explain which one you think is the golden way to go? Because I hear a lot of people giving different kind of advice and tips. I would love to hear it from yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's benefits to every every method, if you will. Um, Amazon has been around for a while. That's where a lot of people in this e-com space got into it. They were drop shipping on Amazon, which what drop shipping is, if you don't know, is it just someone buys the product on Amazon and now I'm going to go find it in China and I'll just ship it to them as a one-off order. So I'm just bridging the gap. Um, that was a really great method. Amazon started to crack down on that uh, just because the customer experience, the shipping times, they, they really care about that. Um, in terms like platform wise, Amazon really prefers FBA, which is fulfillment by Amazon because they get to control the logistics and they're pretty good at that. It's fair to say. Um, in terms of like the golden model, we prefer drop shipping, but we need to start transitioning out of like out of country suppliers and going to local suppliers. Um, so that's where we've, we've taken everything. We'll drop ship stuff from China as like a front end product just to get the customer. Um, and we'll do it cheap. It'll be like a, a sort of a giveaway product. But then after that, once we have that customer, everything we're doing after that is U.S.-based um, or whatever country we're selling in. So if we're selling in Canada, it's Canada-based. If it's in the U.K., it's U.K.-based. Um, so, I mean, we do like dropshipping, especially for our clients, because we get to use our expertise to find the product that will sell, sell it, and they only come out of pocket after we actually sell it for them. Um, that being said, inventory is a great approach if you really know you're going to scale or if you've already dropshipped you can buy, hold inventory, and ship yourself. Um, but that's adding a lot of complexity that's not needed at, at a startup phase. I have so many questions. Okay, but let me kind of go back a little bit. You started this when you were in college, but how yeah. did you even get started in this space? Ty Lopez ad. I saw, if you're familiar with nice. who Ty yeah. Lopez is, um, yeah, really big influencer in the make money online space, or at least that's what I still consider him. I saw an ad for social media marketing agency. I think it was like 1.0 or 2.0 at that point. Enrolled and I just went down this rabbit hole while skipping class for six months. <laughs> That's a good story. Okay. Um, so you dropped out of college. What year or how much college were you able to uh, fulfill at that point? And when did you drop out? I graduated high school in 2016. I dropped out of college for the first time in 2017. I dropped out of the college for the final time in start of 2018. Uh, actually, I know exactly when I, well, I didn't technically drop out until then, but I left Chicago, which is where I was going to school, February 17th, 2018. Um, and then I officially went in and said, hey, I'm dropping out uh, when yeah. I got home. Yeah. What's your general perspective on college now? Would you say that, you know, there are some folks that, might be able to find success without college to begin with? Or are there benefits to college? What would you say? I think it's really, uh, it's a vague answer, but it, I think it remains true. It's really situational. If you want to become a lawyer, you want to become a doctor, and that's actually what you enjoy or think you'll enjoy, um, absolutely go to college, please. <laughs> um, if you want to do something in this internet space, like it's not really needed. A lot of people have really made it in this space. Like they didn't, they dropped out or they dropped in 
um, for a bit, but they, they didn't complete. Not to say that there hasn't been plenty that have completed it. I think it's just really a personal thing. If it's something you think is building your discipline and helping you as a person, then go for it. Um, I think those disciplines can be learned outside of the classroom. Um, so I think it really just depends on what, what ultimately makes you happy in the, t- in the moment. Um, for me, I wasn't happy in college, so I skipped until I couldn't anymore. And I was kicked out of the dorms. <laughs> no, I think that's good advice for folks to kind of think about when they're planning their next step in education or in their careers. I was on track to, you know, I was brought up in a sense that college was mandatory. And so I went to college, but I wouldn't say that I necessarily use a lot of the skills that I learned in college today. Um, I kind of just got by and was able to get good enough marks that allowed me to graduate. But I think the benefit to my college graduate, uh, my college career would be the networking opportunities that I created during that time. And if it was not for those extracurriculars and networking, it would have been a complete waste of time, money down the drain, and still yet a debt that I have to pay. But I was, you know, to my benefit, I got involved with student council and I was the yeah. student body president, which was, I think, the only thing that made it that worthwhile to spend that top dollar on education. But, um, yeah. you know, again, like you said, it does depend. It's, it, it is situational. So to each yeah. their own. But yeah, I think I it's, say, yeah. If, if you're not happy, Steve Jobs said the quote, it's like, if you can wake up in the morning too many days in a row and you're not happy with what you're doing, like, you probably should change something. I think if college is really bringing you down, then it's maybe it's not the right path through you. And some people need to realize like you don't need it. You don't need it. You, you might help you. It depends what you're trying to go for, I suppose. But a, a lot of people, you can find your path without it. And I don't think you need to go into the depression that some people like myself went through trying to figure it out. Like there's nothing wrong with figuring things out on your own. And I think a lot of times this world, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make others happy. Um, and that was, that was why I still was there. I didn't tell my parents I was skipping till I was knew I was getting kicked out of the dorms. And that was, that's when they found out six months down the road that I hadn't been in class. So, um, I just think really follow your heart, like follow where, what makes you happy. If it's really not enjoyable for you, um, justify, are the connections worth it? Or are you making connections at all? And if not, then, I think just, you know, do what is in your best interest. And that's why I think like sharing stories on podcasts like this really makes an impact and will allow folks to make that educated decision for themselves. There's a lot of different education formats out there. Podcasts being one of them, books, um, webinars, like Ty Lopez, like exactly what you mentioned, which led you to this amazing career, which we'll dive deeper into but there are different forms of education. I guess it all just comes down to the discipline. I think school provides that structure that you need to show up to class in order to stay in school and do all this and that. You yeah. need to be doing certain assignments, take those tests and exams. But if you can do it for yourself, power to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still say there was disciplines I could have learned better in college, whether that was taking care of it's everything I've delegated at this point. It's like 
doing laundry, doing dishes, like all that stuff, like becoming someone who can take care of yourself. That's really important. That being said, you get to a point eventually where it's a waste of your time to take care of the little things like that for yourself. And like, I've, I pass that baton all the time now. I don't, I don't touch anything. Um, but it just, because I, it doesn't bring me enjoyment and it's, I have better things to be doing. Um, but there's a lot of discipline that I think college is a lot of networking. Those are the two benefits. I say discipline and networking. If you can weigh those as a valuable exchange for the time you're going to go through in the university, um, and some of the stress you'll go through and everything that comes with that, if the connections and the discipline would be more worth it to you or there's something you think you're lacking in right now, then consider staying by all means. If you know in your heart you can do better without this or you can build this in another way, then you know do what you think is best for you. You won't regret it yeah. either way. I mean, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's coming from yourself who's been through that and you know, hopefully yeah. somebody can walk away with this information and be more empowered by it. So you found the Ty Lopez ad, you went yeah. through his course from that time. Okay. So when you started that course yeah. from that time, when did you get your first client? First client was 2019. Um, well, actually no. Okay. 2017 summer of 2017, I came home from university for like six months, got my first client in a month just by knocking on like local restaurants, just trying to figure out the whole agents, digital marketing agency thing. Um, they fired me two months later. They're like, Hey, we're not getting customers. I'm like, I think you are, but I can't prove it because you're a local restaurant. I can't really say that person came from me. Um, so we agreed to disagree, but then I realized it was like, Hey, like I can't show them anything. I need something I can track. And so I found Facebook ads and over the next year, and a half after that client. Yeah, I spent 1.4 million of my own money. I spent 56 plus million dollars of other people's money thus far. Um, yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of money. With great return too. And yeah, yeah. Really, over 250 million in lifetime revenue. Yeah. That's crazy. What are some of the challenges that you face? I mean, you talk about some of them in the very beginning, but now that you've grown your company to the size that it is, what are some of the challenges that are a little bit higher level that you can speak on? The challenges don't, it's a lot of challenges. They just become bigger problems. It's like, honestly, the biggest challenges is people, culture, and building a community that like everyone can work in conjunction with each other. Um, Once you get to like, you know, 30, 40, 50 employees, or, or even less in some cases, like you, it starts to become a big bubble and you're just managing people. Um, as a CEO, that that's for the most part what I do. Uh, tie in with marketing as well, because that's like where my upbringing was. Um, but it's mostly managing people and putting out fires, like something will go wrong that I just have to attend to. And it's never, I mean, not never, it can be sometimes critical things for the business. Uh, but yeah, no, your problems become less of acquiring money and more managing costs. And, and what I mean by managing costs is the cost of losing an employee is actually much greater than the cost of losing a client. Um, so like the biggest thing is like managing employees. Cause if I have to hire someone else now, I have to go train someone else Yeah. or have someone else on my team slow down what they're doing to train someone else that As costs agency- us more. 
Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that costs us more to lose an employee than it does to hire them in the first place. I feel that, dude. As an agency owner myself, I totally get bugged when, you know, somebody who you hire may not pan out to be who you thought they yeah. would. Um, or, you know, after so many attempts at training, it's just not working out. And yeah. it, it does take a toll. It is a time investment and, and money investment, too, actually. Um, so what's what have you found that, you know, within your team? So let me build the perspective here. Yeah. How big is your team right now? Which is about 40 people. 40 people. Awesome. Well, 40 not overseas. We've got 450 overseas, maybe okay. 500 now. It, it, it's expanding every day. Yeah. Because um, like Amazon, which is one of the things we manage for people, like we have four VAs per group of clients and the group of clients, it varies, but it's 10 to 20 clients. Um, and then there's certain clients more recently that actually have their own four VAs per store. Uh-huh. So it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people. If you could do one thing over building your company from the ground up, what would you do differently? You mentioned at the start, we had a Walmart offer. Walmart became a really hard platform to support this year. Uh, and the company and our clients took a huge toll on that. And we're very transparent about it. Like that was a big, that cost us an ungodly amount of money and it cost our clients a lot too. So, it, I mean, it, not even just the client cost, the rebuilding the relationship cost um, from selling that as an investment that we could manage when every, a lot of people have got shut down on the platform just because of the platform's limitations. Um, and it was stuff we couldn't have predicted, stuff they didn't really predict either. Uh, we attribute it mostly to a platform, two platforms or two companies Amazon was partnered with, sorry, Walmart was partnered with, they separated. And yeah, so I, I would say really just making sure deliverability was there on offers. Um, I don't think we necessarily would have been able to prevent the fires that came with Walmart. Um, but there's just vetting, vetting to make sure clients get results and everything's on time. Uh, that's the biggest thing I've learned. We can You can sell as fast as you want, um, but you do need to make sure your support systems are there in terms of the deliverability or you have to have really good customer service. And unfortunately, we've had to go with the really good customer service route um, in the more recent months. But we've luck. I mean, I'd say as of today, we've got everything under control, but it's only been the last week we'd have been able to really scale people up again. So yeah, uh, that's the opportunity cost of bad products. I think that's really good granular advice that anybody in this space or somebody who is considering getting into your industry could take away and utilize for themselves. So this is Positive AF Podcast. We talk about positivity. We get down to the nitty gritty. You're an entrepreneur. You've been through it all. You've seen big numbers. You work with a ton of clients. You have an insane amount of team members and employees on your team. What do you do to set time aside for yourself with Mm. the busy, hectic schedule that you have? Let's talk positivity. Oh, man. This is a... It's a good one. Um, or I actually, at, I actually frame that question. Do you do anything? Like, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, no, I, I do. Um, so as of 2021, that whole year, I woke up at 2 a.m. and I went to bed at seven. So I would actually find time to myself between. T- I really like two hours to myself, and then I like the gym following that. So I'd wake up at 2 a.m. I'd work 
at the, I'd literally go straight from my house to my office at 4.50, drive to the gym down the street, work out from 5 to 6, and then start my work day at 6. So that's when clients came into the picture. Um, 2022, I shifted that because I realized how brutal it was on my body. Um, like when I say I woke up at 2 a.m., I jumped in an ice cold pool in the morning to actually wake up so I could even drive to the office. The office isn't far. It's like 20 minutes. So that was just so I was like safe driving, honestly. Um, I realized that maybe there was a healthier approach. So 2022, been sleeping around 8 o'clock, waking up at 4.30 ideally. Um, it shifts between 4 and 4.30. 4.30 is my perfect spot though. And then I'll go to the gym, work out until 6, and then work day starts at 6. So it's, yeah, I've really found I have to find time for myself. So that's a crazy schedule. I've never heard anybody have such a strict schedule for themselves. Is that something that was, uh, is that something that you put into place yourself? Or yeah. I started this schedule in 2019. I, okay. I've been getting up at 4am or between 4am and 4.30 since 2019. Uh, because it was the only time I could find to myself. It was like a, it was a period in my life um, when I dropped out of college, lived with my parents, moved out with a friend. Um, but this friend, there was a lot of negativity in, in that environment. And so my only time to myself was until he woke up at 8 a.m. So I would do 4, four go to the gym at 4.30, work out till 5 at that time, and then I'd have my three hours. So I, re I really do believe in finding time for yourself. Um you won't regret finding a couple hours to yourself in the morning or in the night. It just depends on how you work. Um, I, I always tell people to check out, I think it's power of when quiz or power. Yeah. Power of when quiz. Uh, if you Google it, it's like, it tells your sleep chronotype and it will tell you whether you're a more night person. It'll also tell you your best hours, like based on your habits and your, your body, like it'll tell you when you should be, um, at your peak focus state, for me, it's from 6 to 10. That's amazing. Okay. Which the is why one, I have the gym what, ends at 6 and I go into work. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, the way that you explained it, it sounds way easier said than done. And it is way easier for a lot of, yeah, for a lot of folks, I know that just keeping a consistent schedule like that for falling asleep and waking up is the hardest thing. Like, how do you find the motivation to do that? you can always break the sleep one, but you have to send the discipline. You have to set the discipline on waking up. It doesn't, I mean, I've had plenty of mornings where I've got home at 1am and started work at four. Was I at my best? Absolutely not. Did I drive to the office that day? Absolutely not. Um, but the discipline is when you start your day, not when you end your day. You can, you just have to understand now, if you know that you should be in bed at eight or nine, but you're going to bed at 11, you just have to be aware, like you, you're, you are going to endure what you set out for yourself, which is you're going to now endure a sleep or a work day with four hours of sleep. That's on. Yeah. And ultimately, the best thing we can do as people is to take responsibility for everything. If I'm up to 11, I'm the one responsible for the reason I'm groggy and not showing up my best today. But I still sleep 430 in the morning, because that is my control. It's me having control over my day. Um, and it's also me now having ownership over everything. I now, I, I can't push this off and say, Hey, I was just too tired. No, I was too tired, but I still got up and got my stuff done. 
Right. I, there is a little trick. It's there's an alarm clock on Amazon called like the sonic boom. My roommates, when I had roommates, literally think the fire sirens are going off every night. It will make sure you wake up. And if you set it across the room, now you have to walk all the way over to it. You just need to not look at your bed because your bed will look tempting after slamming <laughs> that thing off. So yeah. Don't look at your bed after you turn off the clock and you're good. <laughs> Great tips. Okay. So get that clock from Amazon, yeah. put it on the opposite side of your room so that yeah. you actually have to get up. Yeah. And then don't look back at your bed. Just keep moving yeah, your forward. Bed will look really nice. That's yeah. a great piece of advice. <laughs> Tactical piece, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is your biggest failure? And could you walk us through that emotionally and Yeah. I had to go through that a lot. So I had a I had a digital marketing agency um in twenty twenty one, start early twenty twenty one, just going into that year. Uh, we grew really fast and I don't talk about this ton because it's not something I'm proud of, but it is something that happened. Um, I had a digital marketing agency. We served lawyers across the nation. We helped them generate um, motor vehicle accident cases, so basically helping pe- lawyers find people who had been hurt in accidents who needed help. Uh, we grew really fast. We did like, for, for legal sake, I'm not gonna, we did a lot of revenue in 90 days. Uh, and then we had to refund everyone. And I already paid my sales reps over 110000 in commissions. And I had already paid employee costs and team costs and software costs and training costs in excess of another 90000 So I lost $200,000, um, which was nearly, I mean, roughly, I mean, I made half a million. I lost two hundred k, So I made seven hundred total. Well, seven hundred in gross revenue, but I literally lost like two hundred k. I I owed. So, yeah, uh, and I've literally over the last two years, I guess a year now, I've piece by piece paid people back, um, which that's been a big, that was a huge thing for me. It was a blow to my ego at the start that the business failed and that we had, we couldn't deliver for everyone because a lot of our clients are in California. And if you're, if anyone's familiar with like lead generation in California with local businesses, very competitive, even more so in the legal space, um, 30 of our clients in California didn't get results. And I had to go refund all of them. And in some cases, I had to tell them to charge back because we didn't have the money to give back. And so I basically had to pay that back to obviously merchant processors, um, but like my team members, I still had to get them right. And then I had to go make up lost money from people that helped me out along the way. Uh, yeah, it was probably the most expensive mistake I've ever made. But I don't, a big thing in my life that I realized you can't regret anything. Because if you you if you regret, you're taking the control away from yourself. You're saying, "Hey, I regret this. I feel bad about it." But you're also at the same time admitting you don't have control over the situation. If you can turn regret into a lesson, you will never. You'll always be a better person. Because if I can go back and look at like, okay, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should make sure my product's really good before I sell it to thirty people in California, or just regardless of that number, maybe I should make sure my product's really good. That's something I've learned twice now with that. And then Walmart, Walmart was less expected. There's no way to vet that. But um, I, I think you will, if you can distill a lesson from anything that goes negative in your life, now it's a positive and now you can move forward with it and learn and grow from it. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And especially the, the way that you come about it, you know, this could be, this could have been something that you just threw in the towel in completely, or, you know, you just said, 
fuck it, I can't help you guys, but you're obviously finding ways to make it right. And this is just the name of the game sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work out, but there are ways to to remedy the situation. And, and obviously you are here to show that there's much mm. more success beyond, you know, certain challenges and failures if you just keep going. So, yeah, no, there was there yeah. was a three month period there where I just had to. There's certain times in life where we have to sit down and just reflect on what happened, distill lessons, grow as people, grow like learn, literally take in the lessons. I sold my car. I moved back to my parents. I, I literally did everything to make sure my team was taken care of. That wasn't even clients at that point, point. Um, and it was a nice car too. It wasn't like that. That literally helped. But yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely. The best thing that can happen, though, out of any negative situation is the lesson that you can take from it because mm -hmm. you will always grow. It's so amazing to see where you're at now and what you're doing. Um, you know, it's also amazing to see where you've been and use yeah. that inspirational story to inspire others. And uh, especially those who might be going through some tough times. We just had COVID. Some folks' yeah. businesses panned out, others didn't. But, you know, that just goes to show how quickly things can change in such a short amount of time. Um, what do you have going on for you next? Like, what's next? And, you know, what can we look forward to? Yeah. Um, one more quick lesson I'm just going to drop for people because yeah. this got me through a lot of, honestly, everything in life. It's I call it give up or grow up. Um, most people in the entrepreneurial journey or like going out want to do stuff for themselves. They won't give up. And if you look at it as there's only two options, you give up or you grow up, like the only thing you can do is grow. And that little, I don't know, sayings have got me through a lot in life because I, I like isolated myself during this, this growing period. Um, I, I didn't talk to my friends that I'd had for years, for like two years. I blocked my parents for six months. I, I isolated so much to the point that I, my friends were like lessons or things that I could tell myself. Um, and that was one of them, give up or grow up. Uh, in terms of where growing up has taken me recently, we're just we're just trying to get like a thousand clients on specifically our Shopify offer. Um, it's just not even it's it's not even fair to any other competitors. It's like it's really good. We're delivering fully passively, like fully hands off for investors. Shopify stores that are producing numbers that most people like can't even imagine as doing this for themselves. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to get, we have had over 1500 clients. Well, collectively between all partners, we've had over 2,500 clients. Um, myself, clients I've managed 1500 plus now. We're trying to get a thousand specifically on Shopify because that will be a big revenue stream for our clients and for us as well. Um, I'm not trying to change or reinvent the wheel with anything right now. Because there are points in life where you'll you'll be testing things and you'll find something and you'll want to go find another something. But if you stick with the first thing, you'll actually you'll achieve more than you would have by just skipping across a ton of opportunities. Um, we're on to something for sure with Scaling Group. And it's, it's something I'm passionate about continuing. Uh, and I do like just to repeat the motions. Uh, it's, well... I don't like feeling like I'm doing the same thing every day, but today and, and for the next couple of months, we're in the motion of just repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat, bring on more clients, get clients better results, get more clients to get to buy more stuff that can make them more money long term. That's that's my action plan for the next year, probably. 
um, and then just put out the fires that come along the way. And so yeah, nothing new. Yeah. Um, no, it's obviously it's, it's working. Base. It's really working. Um, you know, yeah. if I can say that that at the least. So what is the offer exactly so that people know what it is and how they can yeah. perhaps buy in? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's a lot, there's a lot of nuances to it, but basically we took what is Shopify. Um, Shopify is an e-commerce platform. If you're not familiar, you get to sell products on their website hosting. Um, most people in the space are doing like websites, they'll build your website, you sell products, you then sell it with Facebook ads, and then you go ship the product, drop shipping standard model. Uh, we're developing custom apps for our clients. It's 10 times cheaper on advertising costs, allows us to have way more control over the audience, uh, allows us to basically just out-compete with everyone. Like, I mean, people will hear this and they could go compete with us. And I don't mind because we're already kind of leading the whole thing. Uh, and I'd rather just, we already got the first mover advantage and that's all I wanted. Um, so what we're doing is we're building out not just a website, we're building a website that pushes people to an app where they get exclusive offers. Uh, and the revenue numbers are typically three times better than any other competitors numbers that I've seen thus far. Um, in terms of, like the actual offer it starts at 20,000 at the lowest. Um, so it's a pretty high ticket buy-in depending on the, the, the crowd. Um, but that is literally everything managed for two plus years. That is, us having a pretty equal profit distribution. So we do have a profit share with the clients. Um, and yeah, I mean, really that, that that's it. We're building it for them hands off. We manage it. We split profit. They own the entire asset. They can sell it in a year. We have partners for that, that will buy. Um, that's the primary offer. We also do like for larger scale entrepreneurs, we do manage acquisitions so we can acquire brands for them as well. Uh, and that's a really cool thing depending on like, the scale and budget of a client. We can get them financed with 10% down on a business that'll be a couple million dollar sale. But now they have an asset that they, they basically just replace their like, someone in a very high profile job can replace their entire income by taking out essentially their 401k, but they own a brand that will continue to grow in a way unequally proportionate to how their income grew at their job. And that's a really cool thing for a lot of people. And the best part is too, with the financing partners we have in place, they can not leave their job because they'll finance it for 10% down and they'll they'll get to carry the profit that's probably equal to their paycheck um, while financing pays for itself. And we do get a lot of people asking, like, why don't you buy them yourselves? Um, it's a great question. You can only get so much credit as a business. Like we, we've, we've acquired enough that we, we, it's hard to ask for more when they yeah. see how much credit we're utilizing on that. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're helping people get out of jobs that are that make them unhappy. That would yeah. um, it's really give, cool. Yeah, you could it's give really them cool. lifestyles that they uh, can travel more, spend more time with their families. That's exactly what you're providing to people. It's I've literally I've literally taken 250k year CEOs, put them with Shopify or multiple Amazons in this case, um, and replace their income, and they don't they don't have to do anything anymore if they don't want. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a really cool world we live in where someone can figure something out and apply it to other people and get paid fairly and trade for it, but literally replace someone's income. And now they have all the time they want their family, friends, kids, whatever it may be. Right. That is so powerful to be able to provide that to somebody else and give them the life that they've always wanted. That must be an amazing feeling for you. It's really cool. That 
and the reaction from when they see that we've replaced their income um, and having the team on team calls, whether it's just the sales huddles or the individual contractor huddles, like just having the team on and everyone being there together, those two moments are like the coolest things to me. Yeah. Especially recently. We just started team meetings, even though we have so many people. And um, it's a really cool feeling to have when it's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's, I think that's the golden moment on this podcast. I think we'll start um, winding down and end on that high note. We've gone through your accomplishments, how you help people, the amazing story that you have. I would love to know how listeners can find you and connect with you um, and how they can maybe take advantage of this offer, this amazing opportunity that you have in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of connecting, uh, easiest one is Alex Martino on Instagram. So it's A-L-E-X. Martino is M-A-R-T-I-N-O. Um, that's the easiest one for like connecting with me personally. Uh, in terms of if you're interested in actually what Shopify could do for you and actually how it or if it could benefit you and replace some or just another investment, um, easiest thing to do is go to scalinggroupllc.com, which is S-C-A-L-I-N-G-G-R-O-U-P-L-L-C.com. Um, and on the contact us page, there should be a book a call button. You can just book a call uh, myself in some cases, but typically my team will hop on the phone and walk you through like exactly what it'll look like. We do have payment options, so we can make it work if you just have sufficient um, income to support it. But yeah, it, it's a really cool opportunity for those who can make it work. And even those who can barely make it work, like we've, we've taken care of a lot of people and it's really nice. Amazing. Yeah. I have one more question for you. So leave the audience with a piece of advice or inspiration that's carried you to the point where you are now. What would that piece of advice be? Yeah, it's more, this is a tactical one because I gave the give up or grow up. Um, If you can find something where you, if you can find a skill that you can complete on behalf of someone, take this skill, like basically if you can create health, wealth, or relationships for, for someone, if you can help improve that, or just create a new source of whether it's income or create a way to help with relationships or like revitalize someone's health. Just take that and sell it to someone who would invest in making it larger, which is typically investors. Like we've taken a standard thing, which is selling on Amazon. We've figured out how to then create better results than most in the industry. But that's been through we working with clients. Like we started with very standard results. Um, through that process, now we're able to go to investors and say, hey, we'll do this for you for two years, but you pay us up front for all the work. And that's that model right there, just bridging a skill that an investor or a very affluent person wants and just doing it for them, bridge the two. And it's a really great, it's a really great way to create income these days. If you can do something for someone repeatedly over and over and build a team that can generate or complete that desired result for them, go sell it to an investor uh, and you probably won't have to worry about money again. I love it. Perfect. I love that. Well, I think that's really great because everybody is trying to figure out like what, how do I get to that one thing that will give me that financial freedom? Um, If you're really good at building TikTok pages and scaling them, go sell them to e-commerce investors. If you're really good at building Instagram pages, go sell them to Instagram people who are trying to use Instagram or business owners, 
they're investing either way. It's an investment in their business. Go sell it to that type of investors. If you can build, I don't know, Facebook groups really well, and you can find a way that that benefits an investor, go sell it to investors. And I could go on and on. If you can build houses and make them profitable, definitely go sell it to investors. They'll pay a lot of money. Um, <laughs> there's like, yeah, there's so many things. If you can, and you can go on and on and on. But I it's could list finding, a things. yeah, it's finding that finding what you can do, how you can bridge that gap. Yeah. yeah. And you said it's health, wealth, or relationships are Those the main three. things. And honestly, the easiest one to sell to investors is, well, the easiest one, the one they want is the health. I'm sorry, is the, sorry, wealth. Wow. Um, the easiest sale is still always actually the, the relationships because normally something gives when you grow, whether it's health, wealth, relationships, one of the three has to give. You can't balance them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was health for a while. and I invested a lot trying to fix that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, investors normally are looking for wealth, but you can definitely help them with the other two as well. I love it. Alex, you've shared so much with us on this Thank interview. You. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You know, really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule with such a large team that you have and everything else that you have going on. Thanks for everything that you do as well, as far as allowing people to find that financial freedom. And I'd love to see um, what you do next. Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of Zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at ThePositiveAF.